With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And hello everybody. This is uh, Eric Lancy and Patrick Kelly. We are the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling for Tuesday, April 21st. And sorry we didn't have a show last week. I was on vacation. So that didn't happen. Um, Never so apologize for, jo- for going on vacation. <laughs> uh, so thank you everybody for joining us uh, today. <clears throat> however, you're doing that. Um, you know how a few weeks, uh, months ago, I was like, "Hey, our website's coming soon. It's coming. It's coming, and nothing's happened yet." I promise that I'm not lying, and that's still being beta tested right now. And we're going through it, and I swear it's coming. It's coming. It's just um, we're just picking design elements that I like right now. So. Um, it's just kind of the finishing touches. I just don't want it to like start up half-assed. But I swear, the website is coming. You will have a place to go to to access the show. It's not the talk shoe page and other stuff that we're going to put up there. So um, it is coming, but um, I just didn't want anybody to think that I just forgot about that, made that up, or a little bit of both. But, yeah, so it is coming eventually. Um uh, I guess we should jump right in some major news that is, on again, off again, more of the same kind of stuff, uh, Patrick, and that's Daniel Bryan's medical condition. You're right. I haven't read too much into the specifics of it, but I assume it's just his neck again, where he's just having continuous problems with that. Yeah, it, well, it seems to be uh, concussion-related. Um, oh, dear. As we know, he was pulled from the European tour um, last week. It, it was speculated that it was because Seamus worked a little too stiff with him, and uh, then people were like, oh, he's got a concussion, and WWE says, no, he did not have a concussion. He's just banged up. We don't want him to get hurt anymore. And now um, there's been an update to the match uh, preview for Wade Barrett versus Daniel Bryan in Extreme Rules, and they're saying he's going under diagnostic testing. Now, this could be a work, and this could be hey, this is part of the storyline now because it's a real thing that happened, so now we're using it. I don't fucking know anymore because that's what pro wrestling is. But, you know, that's a a very real um, possibility that Daniel Bryan is hurt because, holy shit, it seems to to happen to him a lot lately. I mean, remember last year, um, you know, obviously the stuff with Kane and, uh, you know, he was never really 100% when he had the title. And then he got the surgery, and then we're like, oh, he'll be back soon. And then they said, oh, no, he will need second surgery. Um, he never got that second surgery, but he wasn't back until November. So, And then, of course, there was that rumor a little bit before WrestleMania that the reason they didn't put him in the main event was because of his health issues. So I don't know, but it looks like we're – this isn't a case of where Daniel Bryan went back, got rehabbed, got – taken care of, and then came back and everything was fine. It seems to be more of the same, which is disheartening as a fan and both a a person who's generally concerned about his health. Um, 
you know, I don't know if this is legit. Um, it seems that they legitimately did pull him from the European tour, so that seems legit. So there, there's there's something there, whether it's concussion, whether it's neck-related, whether it's arm-related. I don't know, but we're, I'm not sure what they should do or what Daniel Bryan's best course of action to do would be because it seems to just keep flaring up. Well, your health should come first, and that's number one. And Daniel Bryan's got to worry about taking care of himself. And as a fan, like you said, I'm, I am a fan of Daniel Bryan, and I do appreciate the hard work that he does. But, you know, you, you I don't want you to go out there and kill yourself. So if you have to go take time off, get a second surgery, or even go to being a part-time performer maybe, give him a reduced schedule, whatever you got to do uh, to keep him healthy, I think would be the, the right way to go because that should be priority number one. Yeah, um, I, it's going to be interesting to see if he, he opts for the surgery. I, I listened to him um, talk on uh, Jericho's podcast a little while ago, um, <clears throat> kind of about his recovery and his process when he was off TV for all that time. And, you know, it, very interesting. Um, but you can kind of relive his journey uh, back to the WWE. But uh, who knows, that journey could still be continuing here. So, um, you know, we'll we'll... we'll talk more about that when news comes in, but, you know, that was, I thought, the most prominent bit of information recently because that's been on and off again. But um, uh, I guess we can talk about it since it just happened, Patrick, but uh, uh, Raw, um, I'm not going to tell anyone this show was perfect, but was it a step in the right direction? Probably. Yeah, there's some things that they're doing that are obviously kind of the same old, same old in terms of bad habits. Uh, I mean, they completely ruined the Miz and Miz Dow feud, completely. I mean, they, they fucked that up royal. But overall, I do think, and I'll throw last week's show into this too, I think they've done at least a better job of having a cohesive story throughout the entire night. And, uh, like, especially between Orton and Rollins and all their stuff. So um, there is, it's not as random I guess it is the way, you know, the way to say it. So they haven't been completely awful shows. I'll say that. Yeah, some things I liked about the show, um, and there's some things I didn't like. I, I, I think it's kind of like split down the middle with how this show goes. But um, there seem to having they seem to start to begin to understand who should be a face and who should be a heel. The New Day are very clearly heels now and the characters are interesting. Sheamus is a heel and his character is interesting. They're giving us, the, there are certain people that should be heels and should be faces. Sheamus, if there is a smart Mark crowd, will never be over. I mean, he almost won't be over with a Mark crowd, but those guys are never going to be liked for whatever reason. They're just picked out and whatever. That's fine. Sheamus is a good worker, but he works much better as a heel, especially a heel who's basically the same as he was when he was a face, when he was just an asshole, and now he's being an asshole, but he's an actual heel that we could hate, it's great. He's like, oh, where's the fun in that? This is the same guy that would, like, kick a camera in a deposition and make fun of Alberto Del Rio for being Mexican. I mean, so the fact that Sheamus is a heel, I, I think, is great. Um, same with the New Day. The New Day are these, you know, these caricatured, stereotyped wrestlers, and their characters seem to be, we got to be positive because we got to keep our jobs, and that's fascinating to me and I think those are very interesting characters and uh, you know they're um, it's a step in the right direction things that aren't a step in the right direction 
is the fucking Bray Wyatt promos because oh, holy Jesus. shit, if, if there is nowhere to go for this motherfucker, like I mean, and the the best part I thought was that they said. He, he cut this promo, which he can only be talking about two people, Mark Henry or Ryback. And Ryback enters right after the promo. And so you're like, oh, duh, he's talking about Ryback. But, every, but there was a news report today on, like, news sites, and they were like, the person that Bray Wyatt is talking about his promo, promos is said to be Ryback. Fucking duh, you idiots. Like, would you watch how WWE books their idiotic shows? They have the guy talking about someone else right before the next guy ha- comes out. They're, like, incapable of, like, having commercial-to-commercial break without two unrelated people uh, in segments. So the idea that, that, that no one knew that was, was condescending as fuck. But uh, the Bray Wyatt promo, I, I dislike. Uh, Seth Rollins not having the, the curb stomp is fucking awful. Um, because uh, Randy Apparently, Orton... I read earlier today that apparently they're going to move the curb stomp into being like a once-in-a-while special type of thing to do, which that might be okay, but... Well, that's that bullshit, because SDP is not nearly as cool, and also, yeah, yeah. fucking Randy Orton's finisher is a fucking head trauma move. Like, I, I, like you can super kick people ten times, but a fucking curb stomp, it, like, it, it's... And nobody's ever been hurt with it, I don't think, right? No, they haven't. They're just like, it looks bad. What the fuck does an RKO do to you? Or what is a super kick? Or what is a fucking pedigree? You think that's easy on your neck? Like, oh, I, I just... It, the insane the amount of things, like the, the tiny things they get hung up on. Um, don't call them belts. Yeah, don't call don't call the physical objects belts, please. Um, that's a title. You're physically holding a title. Um, what else was not good, uh, or what was good? Okay, here's another thing. Um, so it's uh, Fondango point three or three point oh rather. Oh Jesus! Uh, coming out and once again. Fuck you, Curtis Axel, for getting organically over. You're going to lose to Fandango, who has done nothing since April of 2013, yet for some reason they're still going to try to pull this character over. I don't mind Johnny Curtis at all. I think he's in shape. I think he's a talented performer. But Fandango, the character, is dead. It was dead when Fandangoing became a thing, and it's still dead. And I don't know why they're attempting to make this work. They need to bring him to the back, repackage him, because this is never going to work. And... Curtis Axel, a guy who found something that fucking worked and is just doing things. The, the guy is just like, for the first time in his career, showing a personality that is just like actually interesting. Like him dancing to Fandango's music him tearing off the shirt and doing the accent. Like it, just little things that he, he's just improved upon mightily. And nope, nope, sorry. We're not going anywhere with this. I'm not saying he beats everybody. I'm saying like, give him a story. Give him something to do because he's clearly improved. And it's just more of that crap. Well, you and I both said it after the Royal Rumble where he, you know, stated that he had a legitimate gripe over being unfairly eliminated from the Rumble and everything, and they did nothing with it except have him lose every week. And I'm like, you could have given him a pretty easy story arc heading into WrestleMania that would have made the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal a bit of a, bit of a climax and a little bit more meaningful. Yeah, so they're they're not interested in doing anything like that. Um, and and you and I, we both supported Fandango early on, but you know they ruined it. So why try and fix it now? I mean, you've already completely ruined every every bit of potential this character once had. It's it's done now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the the only thing I can uh, well let's uh, let me get another, throw another positive thing that Raw did this week because 
I mean, th- there was quite a few negatives. But here's a positive thing, and the positive thing for the past few shows, they thankfully understood that Roman Reigns is not going to be the guy you can spotlight a whole show around. And they've moved him into that kind of semi-main, which is fine. I mean, I hope we're not, like, gearing up for that SummerSlam Roman Reigns-Seth Rollins match. I hope they're going to go, like, Rollins-Lesnar. But, um, you know, Reigns is still bad on the mic. He's ever, 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 ever so slowly improving in the ring. But, like, people are like, oh, he's improved. He's been given every fucking opportunity to improve. And, like, you know, like, other people have improved, and like Seth Rollins, and, you know, everybody doesn't, like, fall over themselves. Well, I guess they they do now. But, you know, um, the bottom line is Roman Reigns is, yes, he's improving slowly in the ring. He's still off on the mic. And whose idea was it to have him attack Bo fucking Dallas? Bo Dallas, who hasn't been seen in however long, who cut, by the way, a fucking awesome promo for the first time in forever. And Roman Reigns is in yeah, I mean it was. It, you, yes, you're absolutely right. Or the or the one where he was um, uh, he beat Titus O'Neil and he he said he gave him the mic and Titus Titus knocked it out of his hands and and Bo goes oh Butterfingers silly me I dropped the mic. Um, but but the, the whole the the episode one thing was fantastic. Um, it was like the best I've seen in Bo in a long time. Once again, it came down to writing because I think Bo's great on the mic. Um, but. You know, who thought that that's a good idea? Like, yeah, knock out the guy who's, like, funny and, like, people are probably going to be into because they haven't seen him in a while. Like, really? Um, well, it's so also that- really strange that right after this, they did the bit with Seamus and Zack Ryder, where if you think about it, it's almost exactly the same thing. So, Roman Reigns, he's supposed to be funny for beating up that guy, but Seamus is a jerk for beating up that other guy. And it was almost the same thing, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean... They they do what they do. I will say this one one thing that I thought was great throughout the evening, and this was the overarching theme that I just thought helped the show, was the Randy Orton was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna RKO everybody. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do that. And the um, first of all, the Heath Slater thing was fucking fantastic. I Came out laughed of really. I, I laughed really hard on that one. That Heath Slater goes, <gasps> and then ever so slightly just standing there for that second and then just going through the table is just his re- he Heath Slater is so fucking good at what he does. It's insane. Um, uh, I thought the Miz one was cool, too. I, I just like the idea that, that Orton is just unleashed. And it reminded me of, like, it, it, it was honestly the best booking they could have done for Orton because they, they did some of the best things they could in that whole Seth Orton storyline. Is Orton came off as a as a man who can't be stopped by anyone, he's wild, uncontrollable, and Seth is a coward. And you know, Seth got his comeuppance, but he wasn't beaten, so you know, it's it, it's fine. You know, he Seth beat Dolph Ziggler. Seth was the guy, and yeah, he got hit with a fucking awesome RKO, by the way. But he still has the title, and in the end, he still has something to hold on to. And that's you can never reduce your villain. Yeah, you can take chips away from him, but you can't reduce him to nothing. Otherwise, it's it's pointless. But they didn't do that, which is good. Um, and also, one thing, since we're praising guys for some of the segments that happened throughout this storyline, uh, Titus O'Neil got a big laugh out of me when he came up behind Seth Rollins. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. So, they actually, a lot of characters got to shine a little bit through this. Yeah, the thing is, WWE, like, WWE has funny guys on its roster. They just either never use them correctly or just beat you over the head with the same shit. Like, People forget that Santino was actually very funny at a time, but WWE just had this, like, lowbrow bullshit. And, 
you know, you, you get sick of them. But, yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought I thought Seth was very good all night. And, I mean, you know, I don't like the backstage segments. I don't think they make much sense half the time. But I thought Seth, like, coming off as, like, a petulant little brat was, like, he 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 owned that shit, and I, I thought he was great. All from ripping the uh, microphone out of Triple H's hand to like he's like you just gave him you put him in the match for no reason. Like he just he's so good in that role of making you want to see him get punched in the face. And um, uh, some of the best heel work I've seen in like I would say since like Punk's 2012 run. Um, I, I just thought he was great all night. I thought he really carried it. Thank God he's the champion. Because uh, yeah. could you imagine, like, if Roman Reigns had actually won at Mania and that's what we had? Yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, I, I and I think they get it. I think they they understand that he could be, like, a major heel for them for quite some time. And, I mean, I think Triple H especially is, is smitten with him because somebody pointed this out oh, a few months ago, and I, I think it's valid. That Triple H sees the best of Shawn Michaels and himself in, um, uh, in Seth Rollins. I think he sees the in-ring ability of Sean, the the musculature of Triple H, the, um, I guess, more of the physical look of Triple H. Um, he sees both of that, and I think it's like his surrogate-like wrestler. And, and I do think he's heavily invested in Rollins. And, and thankfully, Rollins has held up his end of the bargain. The problem I think that people have when a quote-unquote guy is anointed is that they coast for so long. And Reigns did that. Um, you know, you, you see guys that it happens to. I mean, The Rock, every time The Rock comes back, he, he just, like, he does the same same stuff. And you're like, oh, okay, he's, he's from Brooklyn or fucking San Francisco. He's a Bay Area boy. Um, you know, and so many guys do that. Rollins, thankfully, has not. And, um, I mean, Brian didn't either. When Brian was... Um, was uh, put in matches with guys like, you know, Bray Wyatt or uh, The Shield or uh, even against Orton, you know, he he would he didn't coast. And uh, a lot of them do. And then thankfully Rollins hasn't. But that that's, I think, the issue that most people have is that they, they just, they, they think they're made and then they don't bother to improve at all. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely so, right. Um, oh, my God. The uh, U.S. title match between Cena and Kane. This, Crap again. So, first of all, let me say this. I love the John Cena, like, U.S. championship matches each week because, I mean, Cena still sucks, and he still, like, is this awful exposition man, and he's like, here's what has to happen, and he explains everybody's motivation. He's this on- is he the promoter? Like, really? I if, guess he's if very convinced. Yeah, if you never watched WWE before and flipped on the show and just saw John Cena talking about the show, you would think he's like the guy trying to sell you on the show. He's not actually an active participant. Yeah, I, well, our our theory of of him being John Cena from the the past, uh, sorry, Vince McMahon from the past that's traveled forward in time, um, is pretty valid, I think. But I mean, thankfully, <laughs> he's out of the main event title scene and he's being used where he can be used correctly, which is bringing some prestige back to the U.S. title. Uh, but, and I like most of these matches, even the matches, you know, the guy has no chance of winning, like against Stardust and stuff, but holy shit, do not try to sell me kayfabe wise that Kane has any chance of winning. Fucking A, when has Kane ever won a match? Like in the past year, can anyone know, tell me when he pinned a guy? Cause I don't know. It doesn't pop off in my head. Honestly, I, I'd be hard pressed to, 
think of a match he's won since he was part of Team Hell Now. That might have been the last time I saw him win a match. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it's you. I, I'm a broken record, and we do this all the time, but do as I say, not as I do. And, you know, they're like, hey, look, Kane's dangerous, Kane's dangerous. But then when it comes time to do anything with him, he always loses. Like, you cannot do that and then expect people to believe what you say is correct. It's the same thing with the big show that Patrick and I talk about ad nauseum every goddamn week. Is And that's why Rusev works, because he always wins. Yes, yes. And um, please, God, let Rusev win at Extreme Rules. But, you know, I like Cena defending the title a lot. It brings prestige to it. It makes it seem so the U.S. title is something you actually want to strive for. Theoretically, they're trying to do the same thing with Brian if his neck, you know, holds up. Um, but don't try to sell me on Kane as an actual competitor here. I mean, it's, that's ridiculous. Really, Kane should be kind of like the what? He should be what, like, Greg Valentine and Marty Jannetty were when they were in WCW, like, in, like, 98 or so. It's like, they were just there to go out there and lose, so. Was was Greg Valentine there at that point? I know Jannetty was. I think Greg was, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. I remember they, they had Martell and Jannetty around that time. I think Martell actually won the TV title, didn't he? Who did? Rick Martell? He did, actually, I think. Yeah, he beat, uh, like, Booker I, T, right? Yeah, I think he... He might have been the one that ended up dropping it to Booker T. Because it went, let me think here. It went Ultimo Dragon, Alex Wright, Disco Inferno. I think, oh, no, per, okay, Disco Inferno, Perry Saturn, Disco Inferno. I think it was Booker T after that. Then I think it was Martell, and then I think Booker T got it back. And then I think they went to that Big Finley, Chris Benoit thing. That I think that's right. how it went. Yeah. Um, okay, what are we talking about? Uh, what do you think of Dean Ambrose right now? A directionless. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I, I it's thinking, no knock on him. It's just there's nothing for him right now. He doesn't get much in the way of squash matches. He doesn't get any kind of like build-up or anything. He's just a guy that they throw out there because they know he's over, but they're not really doing anything with him. So... Okay, now right. I, I will differ with you on that and the fact that I do think it's partially Dean Ambrose's fault. Not the directionless part, but I do think his matches have a little less pop to him. I'm watching the Luke Harper match. And old Dean Ambrose matches, he used to connect really well with his punches and his clotheslines. It looked more dangerous. He had more energy. Slowly but surely, I'm seeing Dean Ambrose with a little bit less energy, a little bit less pop. His moves don't like, you know, there's not that fire. I don't feel that fire that I felt a year and a half, two years ago, or even even six, six seven months ago. Yeah, ever since the feud with Bray, he's kind of been missing something. And, again, we can – I don't know if that's his fault or the writing or whatever, but, yeah, it's not the same old Dean Ambrose, unfortunately. Um, no, I do think, like, him and Harper, if they're motivated, that could be the show stealer at the pay-per-view. So that's a chance to – Yeah, I think that could be a big answer. And I think Harper – you know, Harper's done a lot of – good work since he's come. I mean, he's actually thrived since the Bray Wyatt's, but I still think they should have kept everyone together, but they didn't. So, um, you know, he's had good matches with Ziggler. He's had good matches with, um, you know, various members of the Air Canada title scene. Um, I think he's a good worker. I, I would, 
I would have just kept him with Ryan. I know I keep going back to this. I would have just kept him with Rowan because Rowan's not good in directionless. He could have learned from Harper, and you could have another. You could have a big man tag team. They they do not have the tag team like that. That can that you know that that uh, powers of pain twin towers team that can just dominate people and um, you know. Well, they had the attention, able... but uh, you know they decided the job. Yeah, but not... they're not, like Victor isn't very big. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's like he's kind of small actually. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and and the ascension. When the hell are they on TV? I guess they're on SmackDown. I don't why like they're trying to turn SmackDown into an A show again. I know because it's going back on the USA Network next year. Um, but I, I watch it. Maybe I should. It's on Thursdays again, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. You can tell though they're actually they're they're pushing like here's what happened on SmackDown on Raw, which before they were like that show doesn't exist. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, that is a lot of content though, five hours a week, and that's not even counting like main event superstars and even that. Uh, I, I'd even throw NXT in there because it's yeah. Well, that's a lot of content. Um. So you didn't like the Miz Miz Bell match. I did. I haven't liked the matches that they've done all three weeks in a row. It's just it feels like just a complete waste of the storyline where all right, they're just going to trade wins back and forth, and they didn't really do anything to hype up the stipulation or anything for this match. And then, you know, Summer Rae turned heel. I didn't even know she was a face. It was just- yeah, I know, I know, I know. That, that's Yeah, I'll agree with that. The one thing I will say is at least getting Sandow away from The Miz in, in terms of, like, branding is, like, he can start to do his own thing. Because I think the issue... I felt that what they were trying to do, and I could be totally wrong on this, I felt the thing that they were trying to do was to get Mizdow away from Miz in terms of gimmicks so he can start to establish his own things and start to make sure that he's over when he's not only fighting the Miz. Because remember when, like, Alex Riley was really over when he was fighting the Miz. Then when he got away from the Miz, he wasn't so over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Although he's got a second I, chance on NXT right now, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, 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 and he looks great, and he's ripped. And that was actually the thing that I actually had an issue with in the um, in the Owens match was, like, Owens is supposed to be this big bully, but Riley looks bigger and more dangerous, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's my one knock on Owens, and I've always kind of had this knock on Kevin Steen. It's I wish he would tr- take more pride in his look. And I'm not necessarily saying he has to be, like, the most motherfucker on the planet, but... You know, you look at somebody like Vader, who's got a gut and always kind of stocky and everything, but he's got a look, and he has, like, this great, for lack of a better word, great costume and everything. That and It's a great overall presentation. Owens looks like he just rolled out of bed. I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I mean, WWE marketing machine could probably, you know, tweak that look a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think, like, to me, it's, it's I see his, like, beard and his... uh his beard is, um, it's like half grown in. And I'm like, you know, commit to that. Like, commit to either a beard or not a beard. Or, like, you just look, like, hobo-ish. And, like, he's such a great worker, and he's a good talker. But, you know, he's not particularly the tallest guy. I mean, he's not short. He's kind of in the middle. And I, he, he works well as a brute. But, yeah, I do agree. I think, I think his look... Um, and his brand could be more significantly defined. I agree. I think he needs to commit more in that aspect. And I think I think you look at guys that they brought in, uh, or, or the big four, as as they're uh, spoken of. You know, it's Tommy Fowler and Zane. 
there's no fucking question what those guys are about. There's absolutely no question. Look-wise, work-wise, character-wise, you get it. You get it instantly, and it's not like it's not shallow either. It's not like it's not like Fandango where you get it instantly and that's all there is. You get it instantly, and then there's more to see. And I think he's very out of place with that with compared to those three. Would you agree? I would with even that? throw Tyler Breeze in there as well. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I mean. He doesn't get the love because he wasn't an indie darling, but Tyler Breeze is one of the best guys on that show, and I will I continue I to sing his praises as long as he delivers. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think except for Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze has had the, the most best matches, the most good matches on NXT. Mm-hmm. That includes Itami. That includes Balor. That includes, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, I, yeah, I think and it's not even that, just his matches. It's his character, too. I mean, the selfie promos that he does with himself, those are great. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I I, I think... I, I, yeah, I, I would hope nobody would not like Tyler Breeze because he's not an indie guy. Like, that would be... I, I think that would be very petty and just without purpose. I, I think when WWE has guys that people don't like, you know, you like to think it's because it's not because oh hey they're not a, they're not an indie guy. It's hey, when these guys were on the indies, they developed skills that these other guys didn't have. But I mean, if you have the skills and a guy like Tyler Breeze does, there shouldn't be any issue with it. And quite frankly, I don't think there is. I think Tyler Breeze is you know, um, I think Bray Wyatt's kind of like that too. I mean, Bray's Bray's come from the WWE kind of system, I would say, in the same way Dolph does, and and Dolph's a WWE guy. So there are those guys that I think do exist. And, you know, it's just it's a matter of um, making sure they're ready. Real yeah. brains. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Uh, Ziggler Rollins is good. I love the RKO. Um, uh, I thought Ryan back was funny, actually. I thought uh, his joke was funny. I like Ryan back as, like, the big jerk, like he always is. I know he's the big guy, but I just like him going, hey, hey, stupid. I just like... Remember when Ryback was feuding with Punk and he was like, that's what happens to bullies. And he, like, speaks weird and stuff. And I just like hilariously bad bully Ryback. And I think that's a hilarious character. But um, I think they've I think they've kind of hit a sweet spot with Ryback lately. I mean, is he the most interesting guy? No, but he's kind of low enough on the card that he doesn't have to be. And he's funny enough for the 10 seconds he's out there that I can deal with it, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like, and this is where squash matches are valuable. Every now and then they give him a squash match, he goes out there, kills a guy, and the bit gets over, and then they can eventually transition him into working with somebody, and it'll actually mean something. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, All right, anything else that uh, you can think of? Uh, Thinking of seeing a time, I'm still not caught up on Lucha. Uh, Anything else you would like to chat about? Um... Nothing too interesting. Again, I don't want to spoil anything from Lucha Underground for you, but uh, you know, NXT, I, I, if you haven't seen last week's episode, I thought Zayn and Rhino had a pretty good match. I haven't seen that one yet. I'm behind. Obviously, I didn't have internet access uh, on the boat, but I will be watching that later in the week. But um, well, yeah, no, speaking we'll... on catching up on stuff, have you seen the Star Wars trailer? Um, I mean, I saw the one in the teaser from a little while ago. Oh, no, a new one came out. Uh, no, I haven't seen it because as a big a Star Wars fan as I am, I'm just not super psyched about these movies. 
I was not at first, but I saw this trailer, and first of all, grown men have admitted to crying while watching this trailer, so it it was very nostalgic in that aspect. But also, um, this one actually looked like Star Wars, and that's something that the prequels never quite captured in their advertising to me, I guess. <laughs> Until the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, exactly. Until the very, very end. It just didn't, it never really looked like Star Wars, and maybe that was just the overabundance of CGI or whatever, but... This trailer, I was like, "Oh my god, it's like Star Wars is really back this time." All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Is there practical effects or something? Oh, there's yeah, yeah. The the little soccer ball droid that was in the first one that is actually a practical effect. That's good. Well, the, you know that's the thing. I was people like pay a lot of lip service to practical effects, but um, uh, five Force Awakens official teaser number two two is that it? Uh, it should be yeah, trailer two. It was like it was like April sixteenth it came out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, people pay a lot of lip service to having like practical effects, but holy shit! Like, I was told in the lead up to Jurassic World that we'll be using mostly practical effects, mostly practical effects. I've not seen one goddamn practical effect in that fucking trailer. So unless you're hiding all these amazing fucking practical effects and stuff. I don't know where this is all going to be in Jurassic World because everything is goddamn CGI. Yeah, and the thing with CGI, and I don't really care what anybody says, and maybe I'm sounding like an old fart, but there's just so much goes into having to create the illusion of CGI in terms of you have to pretend that there's an object there, but you have to fake the lighting and the weight and the gravity and all that stuff. And I think practical effects, when done well, it just covers up for that so much better because it looks organic because there's something that's actually fucking there in front of the camera. Yes, people don't understand that. Listen, I don't have a problem with CGI. I think it's fine. I think the overuse and the heavy reliance on CGI is the issue. CGI can be fine if used in conjunction with different type of effects, but for those of people who think, oh, practical, like, there are those people who are like, dude, those look fake. Well, like, whether you think or not that there's a real dinosaur or alien or whatever in front of you, you understand that there's a physical fucking object in front of you, and that cannot be replicated by CGI. I was on the – I rode the Jaws ride many, many times uh, in Universal Studios, and you know the whole time there is no shark there. It is a robot. However, it's a robot that looks like a fucking shark. So you're like, oh, you're still a little bit, you know, uh, put off because it's something there. And it behaves as though a shark would, swimming through the water and eating things. Having something that you can see in front of you, and like Patrick said, with the light, with the, the air, with everything that affects it, they can talk all they want about how CGI can replicate that, but I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen instances where CGI is very good as far as, like, character work. I mean, background stuff, okay, that's fine, whatever. But, you know, uh, things that jump out on me, I thought um, Davy Jones looked great. Um, you know, I Gollum thought Gollum Gen- Planet of the Apes, the apes in that movie looked fantastic. But, again, it's Yeah, it looks, it, looks, it looks pretty good. Um, Gollum always looked good. Um, uh, but, again, they're using real actors to create those characters, so it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, you know. But I'll check it out. I'll watch it right after we get off here, and then I'll see see what I think. I'm getting ready for Age of Ultron. Hopefully we'll watch Daredevil soon. My girlfriend and I have a bunch of TV we're behind on, including Game of Thrones. Um, First episode was good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, we, we haven't seen any any 
any episodes yet of the new season. So hopefully soon. And we got we got to catch up. We're like five episodes behind on Better Call Saul from the from the season. So yeah, it gets oh, much better. Yeah, it gets really really good. Oh, I liked it. I, I liked it from the beginning. Oh no, it it, it starts off and it just gets better. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just happy Vince Gilligan's still behind it. I'm also um how are, do you we well, we gotta go but let me just ask you one final question. How do you feel about the X Files reboot? Speaking of Vince Gilligan. Um, and I by reboot, give it a chance. I, this is not a reboot. It's a, it's a sequel. It's, they're just re re. They're they're putting it up again. It's not a reboot. Uh, okay. Um, I, I'm open to it. I'm willing to give it a shot. I don't know if they'll be able to capture the success of the original show, but yeah. I'm, We'll see how they My do. issue is they're like, they're going to bring back, uh, what's his name? Uh, William, I can't remember his name. And, uh, no, no, well, they're doing that. But no, they're bringing back like a bunch of other people, including, what is his name? William something played um, Cigarette Smoking Man. And they're like, he'll be back too. And I'm like, you better have a fucking explanation for that because he dies in the last episode and you see his head explode. So fucking A, this better not be some nostalgia shit. You better have a dream sequence set up there because I don't want to see the cigarette smoking man walking around after he died in 2002. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's interesting. Because yeah. I'm still half a season behind on The Walking Dead. I don't, I'm not sure if I want to catch up on that. but uh, I mean... When I start a show, I, like, finish it, but, I mean, it's just, like, unless the zombies start, like, fucking thinking or they find a cure, I don't know how much more I can stand to this show. Well, um, the hospital story arc kind of beat me into submission, so... Holy uh, shit, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> oh, it's another place, and we don't like the people in there, and Rick's a psychopath, and fuck this. Uh, I left right, the so. character, and then kill her for no reason. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, well, everybody, thank you for joining us. We definitely appreciate it. I promise, 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 website will be up soon, uh, along with everything else. Um, but for right now, this is Eric Clancy and Patrick Kelly, and we are signing off. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.